welcome back to Zaxxon on the Move. I'm your host, Anna Ribeiro. Today, we're going to hear from five business leaders about their initiatives to accelerate early stage businesses, what it means to network in Saxony, and the advice they have for young entrepreneurs. In this episode, we'll hear from Sean Segundo of HHL SpinLab, Joe Natoli of To Be Ahead, Annette Stapa of Club International Leipzig, Stefan Honigschmidt of Founderella, and Tom Potocek of Gecko2. Sean, how does SpinLab accelerate business ideas? So we have we are a startup accelerator here in Leipzig, and um, our model is similar to that of other accelerators around the world. I mean, we have a mentor network and investor network and um, partnerships with other established corporations, so we can help startups get up and uh, off the ground running in the early phases. The things that makes us kind of unique here in Leipzig is that we are not tied to one specific corporate entity or one vertical of technology. Um, our parent parent entity is the HHL Leipzig Graduate School of Management. And being that we are the entity of a, uh, of a business school, that gives us a lot of flexibility to kind of welcome and embrace all forms of technology here uh, in Leipzig and bring them into the program. Um, it also lets us offer a program to the startups that doesn't take any funding or uh, equity or shares from the startups. So the companies stay completely the property of the founders. And um, as far as my role and that fits in, we really push intensively in the six month period to get the startups uh kind of firing on all gears and on all fronts. So that means that, you know, all the core business competencies, um, they need to be on the path to scalability when they leave our program. Um, typically, most of the founders will come in and, you know, they're a passionate web designer or a hardware developer or a um, agricultural uh, developer, but they have no idea about the other facets of actually starting and running a business specifically they have their area of expertise so we've got to kind of fill in those gaps and make sure that they have this well-rounded um, arsenal so to say of uh, you know running a business effectively Annette how does the club international help early stage entrepreneurs um, well club international is open to all companies including early stage entrepreneurs for example the club setup a junior membership a few years ago, which enables young entrepreneurs to become members at a very moderate rate in order to expand their existing network and generate new business with the help of new contracts. Last year, I organized an international conference and worked with many startups here, which I really enjoyed bringing young entrepreneurs together with established and experienced entrepreneurs was a challenge that I was happy to face. And in addition, um, I have excellent contacts, the business juniors to jump, which is the junior membership of the marketing club. And I was a jury member of a pitch at the social impact lab in, in Leipzig. This is an institution that supports young startups and social startups in the startup and startup phase with jobs and co-working spaces, qualification, advice, mentoring, and network advices. Stefan's website, Founderella, also helps entrepreneurs grow their businesses, as he explains. In my view, it helps them um, to get uh, uh, 
an audience to uh, to be heard <laughs> you know for example there are some companies that are uh, people meet uh, at the university and they have a great idea but nobody knows it <laughs> and then um, um for example they uh, get um uh, um yeah uh, public uh how should i say it um for example and there's an article on my website because i think it's this is very interesting and then um also uh, other media uh yeah like tv or radio or some others they see it on my website and then of course it gets in broader uh broader audience and uh, more people know about it so it's more like um uh, to to get to get to know things yeah to this is um uh, mostly uh, what i do um that yeah that the ideas uh, that they will be in the public sphere as we've already learned in the previous episode networking and cooperation with established institutions are central to a startup success let's hear from joe how these two helped him land his job in leipzig yeah, so it actually goes back to uh, Draper University. Uh, we used to do these joint boot entrepreneurial boot camps all around the world. And one of the stops that we made was here in Leipzig. Uh, to Be Ahead, which is a future institute here, um, found us. And we did it this joint boot camp here in Leipzig. So I flew in. I had no idea what I was getting myself into with Leipzig. Never been to Germany before. First time in Europe. And uh, we delivered this this five-day workshop all around entrepreneurship and investing. Uh, and then I got connected with To Be Ahead and they they happened to be looking for somebody and I was looking for a change. And so I decided to take an adventure back out to Leipzig to work at this uh, venture builder to kind of apply all the skills that I had learned in Silicon Valley. Stefan's website actually contributes to an international form of networking by promoting sex and startups to a wider audience. Yes, um, for example, I spoke once with a woman from uh, Canada, so she knew uh, about it and was interested here in the scene. And so um, I know that uh, also international people that they look it up and uh, you can see also from statistics, um, also even on the also on the German website, maybe they do it with translate. So there's also international um, uh, people looking it up from like the US or also from China or <laughs> somewhere else because they are interested. Um, what's going on and um, I think this is a very good uh, good thing because um, you know there are many good ideas here in Saxony uh, but uh, sometimes nobody nobody knows it <laughs> and so this is um, my approach is um, to uh, yeah to write about the idea but also to do it in a little bit entertaining way so I, I don't do like a science article I do it in a way that uh, almost uh, anybody can read it and knows uh, what what's going on. And this is my my approach. And this is uh, this is good for for my website and this is good for the companies. Let's take a step back and hear from Annette on what networking actually means and how it works on a daily basis. Um, well. Just to start with the definition, a network is the sum of the constructive relationships that a person, group or company has with others. More information flows to networkers and accumulated knowledge and familiarity with other know-how carriers is valuable, for example, to develop new ideas. 
This also means that you have to think outside the box, combine ideas and link them with new things. You can then assess facts from different perspectives and ultimately come to more realistic assessments of a problem and better solution. Well, and my network structure is my capital with which I receive impulses, ideas and suggestions from different areas of experience and work. I've strategically built up the network for working at Club International and for all my other clients. I always ask myself, um, who is the decision maker? Who is the most important person? Which is the most important company that I need for my job? I've always approached the people directly. I made appointments, followed up and made offers. Building a network is one thing, but maintaining this network is the other extremely important task. But how do you actually get into a conversation and lay the foundation for networking? Joe, what do you think? I think just having a strong network and talking to people is extremely important. And everyone says it, but no one actually takes action on it. So get like, if you don't know how to talk to people, learn learn how to just ask questions or be open uh, to, to networking. Even if you just go to a, a meetup and you, like, you, you feel a little shy and you have to go up to somebody and just ask them, hey, like, I don't know, I like your shoes. Uh, just that initial contact, I think, is a, is a point of hesitation for a lot of people. Um, but to be a good connector, yeah, building a network is so important. From the perspective of SpinLab, Sean emphasizes the importance of a fluid approach to business acceleration. So one thing about that is we really have to be fluid here. Um, we, we're just doing some, and by we I mean I, I was just doing some competitive analysis here for uh, against some other accelerators. And um, I just realized that actually quite a few accelerators in Germany within the last year and a half, um, you know, so we're even talking about... Uh, pre-pandemic era, have either completely shut down, um, reduced their reduced their uh, their program offerings, or have completely changed it. Um, for me, that's an indicator that an accelerator is too rooted in doing one thing. Um, we see this a lot with corporate accelerators that run into challenges because, um, like, Hubraum is an example of this. They're still operational, but Hubraum is the official accelerator in Berlin of um, of telecom. So, of course, they're going to push for tele telecommunication, and of course, they're going to push for uh, you know having a lot of say in what that one that company does, because the end goal for for a corporate accelerator is to then take the take the technology and somehow integrate it into their own architecture as a company. This is good, obviously, um, to some extent, but. At some point, your target group, uh, you know, startups that are dealing specifically with telecommunications, that's going to run thin. Either the technology is going to change um, or there's just going to be no more new developments or you maybe would have gotten all of them and already put them to your program. Um, so the fluidity that we have here in order to take really any kind of technology um, from anywhere in the world, that puts us at a really competitive advantage. So... 
if I was to tell any startup accelerator CEO out there what to do to kind of take an ex to take a success model or to be successful, it would be exactly that. Um, open up your verticals, focus on as many as many different technologies that you can really provide a solution to today, and um, open it up beyond the borders of the country. Annette explains that besides flexibility, especially perseverance is crucial for a successful business venture, both in the early phases and later on. Well, um, Texany is a very dynamic and successful industrial region in the heart of Europe. A wide range of successful industrial added value can be found here, like automotive industry, mechanical and plant engineering, microelectronics, textile, industry, craft, tourism, service providers, um, and so on. And there are many startups and future technologies such as artificial intelligence. Um, and the people here always look ahead and they dare something new. Um, and that is more than necessary right now, um, as I see this. And that is exactly what is important now. And um, for example, those who tailored evening clothes for big balls yesterday are sewing curtains and pillows for a nice home right now. And those who looked after sport or who organized sport events yesterday are developing apps for renting unused sports equipment today. And those who were still focused on marketing with social media yesterday are now taking care about the urgently needed digitization of schools. That means that flexibility and adaptability are required and above all, perseverance. So the question for aspiring entrepreneurs is, what does it take to attract investments and support from business accelerators? Sean? Um, for Germans specifically, the best indicator of success that you can prove to, that you can um, bring to an investor in a negotiation is paying customers. Um, I mean, there's there's nothing more to uh, there's nothing there's no stronger indication you can give to a potential investor in Germany than saying, "Hey, I've developed this product. These are my outlooks for the you know for the first six months for revenue." Um, and I'm right on track. Look, I've got, uh, I've predicted that I'm going to raise, uh, whatever, let's say 100,000 euros by the end of this month. I've already got three paying clients and three contracts signed, and I'm already at the uh, 30,000 euro mark. Uh, you know, I'm right on, I'm right on my track. Uh, I'm right on my projected forecast. Uh, that's really the best thing that you can bring. If you don't have that yet, because a lot of startups won't um, in these early negotiation phases, uh, LOIs, uh, letter of intents um, from credible companies that you know are, are known um, this is something that we also do really good at because a lot of our partners here at the spin lab um, end up becoming clients of the startups so it's very powerful to bring a you know like a letter of intent from from porsche or from dell to an investor and say like you know porsche said that as soon as i hit these landmarks with the product and these three things are ready they're gonna buy it that's a very strong indicator um and that's just one of those differences, like you don't necessarily need to prove that you can sell the startup in the United States to actually get funding. Um, you just got to kind of be charming and lucky enough sometimes. Sometimes it's enough. Joe, what is your perspective on that? If, we're, if you're raising money in Germany, you've got to have your, your business plan, your financial plan and your numbers in place. And you have to have talked to, uh, to um, 
customers. Like you've got to have some sort of traction or information. Uh, and all of the investor dis- discussions that I've had, they all ask about product market fit and uh, and customer validation. And they also want to see a, fina- a sound financial plan uh, and business model. So you've got to have your stuff together uh, here in Germany. And you can get away with not having as much over in the United States, but here in Germany, you've got to have uh, all that stuff together. And it can be kind of boring to do some of that stuff, but it's, yeah, you have to do it. And so do you coach early stage entrepreneurs on exactly that? Yeah, we, we work with our early stage entrepreneurs on on that if they are founding a company with us or working with us. Uh, and then also at our boot camps and, uh, and uh, summer schools, we teach uh, that sort of financial planning, at least the way the version that we do uh, and business planning. Uh, for sure, we're, we're, we're coaching people yeah, with that. Or sometimes I just have to do it. <laughs> I have to have, sit down with them and do it one-on-one. So uh, yeah, we're, we really try to, to instill that. What's your take, Tom? I would say don't be afraid of where you come from. So Saxony is a it's a very nice location, and I think it's getting more and more people, more and more VC. Um, yeah, is is getting focused on our region because we have so much going on here, and we have very nice public grants. I I know it sounds slow, um, but to partner up with um, institutions, public institutions, to cover, for example, your investments at 50% by public grants and attracting with this 50%, the VC, for example, which comes in, um, is a great is a great way and works out pretty nice in our experience. So um, don't be afraid of public grants. Um, speak to public institutions, for example, in Leipzig, one of our um, most important partners is the economic promotion, um, if you know what I mean. Uh, so the the Wirtschaftsförderung, mm-hmm. and they they are great. They want to help, and this is what I really love about Leipzig, the ecosystem, and whole Saxony. I have the feeling all of us want to um, work together, and we know that we have to work together to to getting more and more on the landscape in Germany and to create an even better ecosystem for startups, for entrepreneurs here in Saxony. Big thanks to Joe, Sean, Annette, Stefan and Tom for their explanations and insights. In the next episode, all of our guests will talk about Saxon business culture and give their opinion on what's next for Saxony. Thank you for listening to the third episode of Saxon on the Move. This podcast series is produced by the German-American Institute Saxony. The music was produced by Victor Dahlmann and Maximilian Mitschke. For more information about the German-American Institute Saxony, please visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. you find the links in the description below. If you like this podcast, please make sure to recommend it to your friends and family and rate it to help it reach more people. Thanks again for tuning in and bis bald.